Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everybody, welcome to the Brewing Network and the session. I'm your host Justin Crosley, back in the studio once again after uh, I don't know a couple weeks off there, and bringing you yet another. I'm just going to call it an amazing podcast. Just another great show from the Brewing Network studio. Um, joining me once again as my uh, illustrious and wonderful co-host Teresa Pasuti. Welcome, Teresa. Thank you. Thanks for the upgrade and introduction. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> Try to go, try to go better every time, you know. <laughs> and uh, also in the studio for the first time, sort of. It's got. It's a weird first time, not really first time in the studio. So not the first time on the show, and not the first time in the studio for half of my guests, but the first time in the studio for both of them together as a brewery from Hawaii, Hanakoa Brewing Company. Welcome to the studio. Cheers! <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great to be back. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna ha- I should probably explain all of that uh, first to folks at home. Now, the, the two of you were on the show almost exactly a year ago during our COVID shutdown uh, special editions, where you got our very special host, JP, to, uh, to interview the two of you, right? Uh, live over Zoom. Yeah, it was definitely a great experience. I mean, you know, it was uh, also something where I was incredibly nervous about just handing off a bunch of cans to JP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did, you mailed a bunch to him to... Oh, so no. Get... I brought in like a... It was a strawberry... Not strawberry. A pineapple like cooler bag full of like 
10 different beers. Oh, so yeah, sorry, yeah, you don't yeah. get to try as many this time. Yeah, I know. I got gypped on the beer. But I get the I get the actual presence of two wonderful humans. So I feel like I'm not oh, gypped here. Kind. Oh, this is great. I mean, we were in San Francisco when we were recording it last time. And now being back in Concord, and both of us used to live in Concord, this is literally like a full circle reunion, dream come true kind of thing. I mean, I, I can't say how ecstatic I am. I mean, Oprah could be here, and I'd feel a lot better about this. He's going to get really <laughs> but, sappy. Oh, no. <laughs> That's right. Well, wait till I have more to drink, and I'll sap right back. Man, so it's Josh Cop and uh, Chrissy Cop, and uh, uh, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely Cop. Yeah, that's how you say it. It's a German word. Okay, and Chrissy Penny. Yeah, oh, you, you (laughs) I never took his last name. It's a lot of words. You know what, Chrissy? I thought that that might be the case, Um, but I did my research as I tend to do, and any article I found about you guys, they got it wrong yeah, too then. Yeah, no, a lot of people, yeah, Okay, that, that's what happens. <laughs> well, when I write the show description, I promise you, I'll get it right. I've I already written the YouTube description, and it's Chrissy, and it's, jo- it's Chrissy and Josh Cop with your name first, by the way. Hey. Uh, but I didn't put Penny. It's very yet, inclusive. So, it's yeah. all good. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a penny for your thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so we'll get that part right. Call but Chrissy used to work here at the Hop Grenade uh, with me and my team. Yeah. Way back in our first year. Yeah. And that's why I said, of course, that half of you have been in the studio here before. <laughs> Just I used to sneak into this studio all the time where it's like, I need my payout, but like they're they're in the <laughs> studio. I don't know what to do. And like every single time I heard somebody opening the door, I could hear it on the podcast. I'm yeah. like, oh, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> Were you proud of that or annoyed with yourself? Uh, more annoyed. Okay. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just instill fear in the... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah now that still exists today. One of the, I knew it would happen, building a studio in a busy bar, you know. Um, although now we're not a busy bar anymore, so it's just a studio and a bar. And well, hopefully the door, we change that tonight. Absolutely, okay? absolutely. Oh, it's filling up. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, so we're happy to have the two of you here uh, once again, and we're going to talk about, we're going to go way back in your history and then, of course, talk about where you are today. Uh, I haven't seen the brewery in person, but I've heard the rumors about how awesome it is. It's what like, did you hear? Rumors? What are the rumors? Well, I heard that it's like the <laughs> biggest tap room in the world or something. Is it the world or just the biggest tap room on the island? I forget. Um, no, it's not. I mean, you go to Maui, it's way bigger than what Maui's we got. On a but, uh, but Maui's <laughs> like a like a restaurant and like a mass. Let's we're a restaurant too. I thought if it was just classified as a tap room, you guys are, are the biggest. Well, so here's the thing: not we the really matters. wanted to try to make it where it was classified more as a tap room and kitchen rather than a restaurant. Yeah, because I always felt like a restaurant would come across as something of like you know oh it's just a restaurant yeah but um no it's it's so it's a 10,000 square foot warehouse that 5,000 square feet is the production facility 5,000 is tap room and kitchen okay and um yeah pretty much just that (laughs) got it yeah just no big deal just that yeah just that (laughs) also it's it's a decent sized space but like considering the other players in the game like yeah smaller than what you would expect if we're going to talk about the biggest tap room. Right? Okay. Well, that's just what I read. You guys have been described that way by some places. But, <laughs> I'm yeah. stoked on that. I mean, it's yeah. it's very much an undersell. You go down that street and there used to be a gambling hall across the street too where nice. it was pretty yeah. dicey and, you know, people would be like, am I in the right place? And then they walk in and they're like, oh, I definitely am in the right place. Uber yeah. drivers are very confused. Is yeah. that right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've was, since closed. <laughs> I was looking at the map today to try to, because I've been out there before you guys were you guys. Um, so I kind of knew the area a little bit. I was trying to figure out exactly where and you, you're 
pretty nice spot. Pretty, pretty nice area of like in terms of people and busy and the beaches just right down the road. Like you guys are in a good spot. Yeah. We're really lucky. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Our location like is just on the up and up. It's up and coming too. Um, we're the closest to Waikiki without being in Waikiki. Okay. But we're also in like the hipster area where like powwow has all of this like street art and nice. cool things to do and see. So we're, we're really lucky. Okay. All right, we're going to talk more about that and the location. i got to take care of a couple things real quick. First of all, this show and every session that we do is brought to you by More Beer. And like, I already forgot to switch the cameras over, Teresa. <laughs> but, I did, but they're now switched over. I'd so, just like to say, as a professional brewer, I still order things through More Beer. You do? Oh, yeah. So, I do, beer, more flavor. <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because, for one, More Beer has a pro side. Um, but even I know brewers who just order from the homebrew side because sometimes you need smaller quantities. Um, they have everything you need for both professional and um, uh, homebrewing, and you should go check them out. And uh, if you want to get a little something extra, check out their YouTube page. They have Free Beer Friday every Friday where they give out something free, a recipe kit. I know they have been known to give away some equipment, all kinds of cool stuff. And I don't know if they're done with it yet, but they were doing a, a listener drive where I think they were giving away one of my favorite things, which is like a Comos um, kegerator or a Comos jockey box. I forget. Go check them out at morebeer.com. And if you buy something, thank them. Um, you can tell them that uh, we sent you and they love to hear that. So, um, okay. And then before I forget, you can go to hanakoabrewing.com and look at some of the things that we're talking about. They've got, uh, you can see their whole menu there, um, their food menu as well, and the beer menu, which I was looking through. Uh, love that you guys put a story under every beer uh, and beer name. So that's pretty cool. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, also, you can support us by donating. Hit the PayPal button. Hit the donate button on our homepage, you know, for as little as like two bucks a month, or you can do one-time donation, whatever. Everything helps. And for those of you that have been doing that over the years, just thank you so much. It's why we're still here. Um, if you don't have any extra cash, that's fine. I know you all shop on Amazon. Just hit the Amazon uh, banner on our homepage, and then you can shop as normal. You won't even know that we're there, and um, that helps us too. Support all of our sponsors. You can look at our sponsors page and click on any one of them and thank them for supporting the show. We have so many good ones. Beersmith, uh, Williams Brewing, 21st Amendment, Blickman Engineering, um, so many great uh, sponsors that help us stay alive so we can keep bringing you this fantastic, or not so fantastic, depending on who you are, content. All right, let's get right into it um, so that we can talk more about Hanakoa Brewing Company. So I'm still shady on the story, a little shaky on, on the whole thing. Um, Josh, you're, you're from Hawaii originally, right? But moved to the mainland? Yeah, so the whole thing that happened was uh, I, I went to school in Stockton uh, for college at UOP, and I started homebrewing out there, and I was doing finance and marketing, and really did not like any of those industries, but learned a lot. And then, wait, 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 slow down. Sorry, I'm <laughs> stopping you already. And I'm not the first person to ask you this, but you <laughs> left Hawaii to go to Stockton. Everybody asks that, and they always think because it's University of the Pacific. Did you go there because you thought there was going to be ocean? <laughs> oh, I didn't even and, get that far. And, so I would always, no, and I would always respond like, well, actually, I didn't find Google Maps until I moved here. <laughs> this <laughs> right. was 2009. Yeah. But so, um, no, so I, I started homebrewing. I really liked it. Um, in, then I left college and was like, I'm going to look for a brewing job. And uh, Well, you also discovered brewing right before you were able to drink. 
Yeah, so I, I actually found out you didn't have to be 21 to buy ingredients. So I used to buy ingredients from HopTech Got in it, yeah. Uh, Pleasanton, yeah, yeah, or Dublin before Dublin, yeah. they closed down. And um, Jade and Roberto are kind of like beer mom and dad kind of thing for me. And yeah. um, so when uh, when I graduated, I basically tried finding a brewing job, which basically meant I got a job at Starbucks in San Jose. <laughs> and yeah. I was living in San Jose in my friend's uh, family's house. And uh, I got a job at EJ Fair uh, back in like August of 2014, basically just as a grunt. Okay. And uh, at the brewery out in Pittsburgh. At the brewery in Pittsburgh, so yeah. it was a 30 barrel facility, um, and they were doing contract brewing as well at the time for you know a few different breweries, and so I was commuting you know an hour each way. Yeah. You know, and okay, well, hang on, we still have to go backwards. <laughs> there is a university in Hawaii. <laughs> So I, I'm still curious why you chose to come to the mainland. And I, now I'm being serious. I'm not just making fun of you. Okay. But so <laughs> so this is the whole thing. So growing up in Hawaii, I went to a school known as Kamehameha Schools. And it was a really incredible opportunity because you have to be of native Hawaiian ancestry to attend the school. Okay. And when you're at this school, you actually learn a lot of different things that you wouldn't normally learn, whether you're at a public school or another private school. So it was very immersive in Hawaiian culture. And I'm really grateful for the experience I have. There are a lot of friends that I have that we all can connect through that experience. But my parents were actually really trying to push me to get out of Hawaii to explore something different because okay. something that tends to happen, as you might see in a small town, is you know if you stay in the small town, you just be in the small town. And you never leave. They, yeah. they really wanted me to explore and gain something. And the goal was find something and bring it back because Hawaii is a place where, you know, it is constantly improving. It is something where it's a special place that deserves an understanding of the culture and respecting what those who originally created that nation and what they would want their legacy to be through the Hawaiian people. Okay. So it was it was really amazing to have an experience where I came out here met people from so many different areas, especially in Stockton, which you wouldn't think, but I had friends that were from, my, one of my best friends was from New York, another was from San Diego, another from Arizona, Chicago, like so many places and you learn so much, visit so many places and when I got into brewing and especially coming back with everything that we did to open, it did feel as though it was like, I am continuing the mission of what Kamehameha Schools was sent out to be by Bernice Powahi Bishop, who literally just wanted all of Hawaiians to be competitive in a Western world hmm. when they weren't given the opportunity because of what was existing at that time. Okay. So it was really cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And did you graduate from UFP or did you leave for brewing before you even got through? No, I definitely graduated. Good. That's excellent. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I graduated with a degree in finance and marketing from UOP and, you know, it was I was actually the kid that was known uh, at one point as the high kid, <laughs> and then I was known as the beer guy okay, at yeah. one point because I I was in finance and I you know you learned about you know how the world of finance works and I had so many issues with it and I had so many you know discussions with teachers and I at one point was going to pursue being in government finance and a professor thankfully told me you know you should just forget that and just do the brewing thing because wow. it's there's no reason to be in this like you're going to hate your life you're never going to get anywhere with it interesting and, yeah, and I mean, he said something else along the lines, but it's fairly depressing. I don't think anybody needs to hear it. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, and then with marketing, you know, I thought maybe I had a real big chance with it. And I actually thought about staying in Stockton. 
And uh, really the thing that drove me to uh, continue brewing was uh, my, my sister was having her second child. And so I brewed a beer um, that was just for his birth and like kind of sent it back. And after that, there was something that kind of clicked where I was like, ah, you know what? I think this is where I want to be. It was Lagunitas, Dogfish Head, like Beer Wars had come out and there was mm. so much just like, if you want to beat the system and be in something that's really awesome, this is where you want to be. And I was never allowed to cook as a kid because I microwaved a donuts, a donut for two <laughs> minutes in the microwave and almost burned the house down. So <laughs> yeah. the fact that I had the opportunity to just do all this other stuff and it was all on my own, nobody ever got in the way of it. It was like, yeah. Okay. All right. So you get out of school, or even while you're in school, you probably start home brewing, and you're brewing. And you brought us to the point where you're brewing at EJ Fair for a little while. Um, where'd you go from there? Do you, did you ever go to brewing school at any point, or just learn on the go? I was actually really fortunate that um, you know we did a lot of contract brewing, so we had people like Steve Altamari from Highwater coming mm-hmm. in, sharing little tidbits. We had. I mean, we were contract brewing for Calicraft, so we got to do that. I got to work with Kyle Manigold, who's now at Faction as their head of production. And I got to meet a lot of very, very now, like, situated people in where they're at in their careers. And I was also really fortunate that uh, JJ and Becky mm-hmm. also sent me to UC Davis for an extension program there. And nice. that really was awesome as well when I took over as head brewer. And, you know, frankly... It was, it was one of the best experiences that I wouldn't trade for the world because you got to see so many different brewing philosophies, so many different ways to do things, and it was, it was you you can't trade it for anything in the oh, world. I think you're right. Yeah, because usually people who learn on the job. Uh, have to take several different brewing jobs to get to learn from different people rather than just the one person all the way through, right? So I think you're right. That's invaluable. Well, Look, and I think in starting in getting a degree in finance and marketing, like I can't tell you how much I wish I knew more yeah. about those two things. Yeah, now. And then right? going to work at EJ Fair where so many people came through that are such smart brewers. Like, I yeah, feel like EJ Fair enviable. was a training ground for yeah. so many amazing brewers that we yeah. recognize today but we don't know came from EJ Fair. Sure. Yeah. Or at least went through. Yeah. 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 Lots of people passed through. And that we've had on the show, we had Chad on um, from Mr. Mosher. Uh, oh, I took it down. Bankhead Brewing Company. Yeah, he was there for a while. Um, but all kinds. Wynn, uh, who's now a Wondrous. Yep. Yeah. Just to name a few. Uh, I met a brewer. Kyle at Faction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Justin, who's now at um, uh, Mare Island. I just went to Mare Island Brewing Company oh, for the yeah, first yeah, yeah. time. Uh, we had them on the show a couple weeks ago, and I went out to check it out. And it, oh my God. <laughs> you know, sorry, Faction, but I, I've always said that like Faction is the best real estate in brewing. Ooh, Mare Island's like giving them a run for their money. Mare really? Island's like right on the water, I just, across from Vallejo. Okay. Um, but they've got um, uh, Justin Green is their brewer mm-hmm. now. So you're right. So many brewers have been through, through EJ Fair. Uh, who uh, the, the unfortunately the location the restaurant location right next to us here at the Hop Grenade closed uh, a week or two ago. I was so oh, sad. did they really? Yeah. Yeah. They still got their Pittsburgh location open, and they've got another one in I, I guess Alamo. It's Alamo. In Alamo. Yeah, was, We're actually doing a tap takeover in Pittsburgh on Wednesday. It's kind of going to be a nice. reunion thing, and I'm I, I hit up JJ, and he was like, "Is this the Josh Cop?" I was like, yeah, I, "Is there another?" And yeah. then he's like, "He's like, yeah." And I was like, "Hey, do you want to do something?" And he's like, "I would love to do." And cool. I don't know. I mean. 
Open you know, arms. I gotta say, cool. it, it is something where like Becky and JJ are some of the nicest people that I've had the opportunity to work with. Like once you get to know them and like get to be around them, they they mean they mean all the good in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, and their kids, <laughs> like you know, you've got Win, you've got Teresa, and like. Yeah. As as soon as I saw what was happening over at Concord, I I texted Teresa. I was like, "Girl, mm-hmm. are you okay?" And she's like, "You know what? This is rough." I was like, yeah. "Yeah, I mean that's childhood. Like that's how you grow up." And I just I feel for that. Like, yeah, yeah. But uh, like, luckily EJ Fair name goes on because he's got the two other spots, um, and uh, we'll see what happens with the brewery too. So he, I know he's got plans for all of it. Good. He's just not our neighbor here at the Hop Grenade anymore, which is a bummer. Uh, we'll see what new neighbors we get. Or none, which would be the worst. Him and I talked about that. That's the problem right now. It's if oh, nobody yeah. moves in. Oy vey. I might have to open <laughs> Maybe you take over. To do it myself. Turn, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you yeah. want a restaurant now? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, only, I, only pref- I prefer to only go broke one way. Two ways is rough, you know, if I open another one. You know, but go if you go three go ways. Home, <laughs> it gets better. Is that what it's third time's a charm? Three yeah. ways. Yeah. It's the hat trick. Oh, man. All right. Well, listen, this is a good point for us to take a quick break because I want to get some Hanukkah beer in my glass. Um, and that way we can talk about that as we uh, carry on talking about the, the history of the two of you. Um, and I do want to mention that when, when Chrissy was working here, you, you know, you were always just so into growing as in this industry. You just always wanted to learn more about every part of it. So I want to talk about that stuff, too, um, and how you got to, to this point uh, with Josh as well. So hang in there. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the session with Hanakoa Brewing, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the session. Thanks for hanging out with us through our little break there. Appreciate you. Um, and make sure you pay attention to our sponsors that you heard at that break, because we're here because of them. We're still hanging out with Hanukkah Brewing Company. Just went and got one of their beers in my glass, in all of our glass. Um, and this one is the Party Boy Pilsner, right? <laughs> is that what this yes. is? All right, let's talk this about this beer real quick, and then we're going to go back to, to Chrissy's uh, story, too. Uh, tell me about Party Boy Pilsner. Who starts? Uh, you go. <laughs> so basically, this is actually a uh, so this is a rice pilsner. So um, the grain bill is Wireman Pilsner malt, uh, a little bit of acidulated uh, for pH drop, and then we also use um, a variety of rice known as Yume Pirika, which uh, is, comes from the Hokkaido region of Japan, which is northern Japan. Across the street from us is actually this place called the Rice Factory, hmm. and this was originally a collab beer that was inspired by me and um, Kyle McDonald, who's now going to be opening Tenet Brewing in Kauai. He actually worked with us for a stint, and that's he when we brewed this for a little while. Okay, so. yeah, um, and uh, pretty sure I know Kyle. Yeah, you do. Okay. He was on the show last time we were here. All right. Yeah. Well, Are we I'm allowed too. to burp into the mic? Oh, yeah. You can do whatever you want here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You so, have to, actually. Yeah. Uh, Teresa told me it's to a thing. Like, yeah. You just okay. It. Yeah. So yeah. basically, um, don't get any on it. <laughs> we, so about 10% of the grist is this Yume Pirika rice. And so we go in, we step mash this. Um, and then we do Hollertown Middle Fruit and a little bit of Motueka in the Whirlpool as well. This beer is actually naturally carb, so once we get to the five to seven Play-Doh re- uh, region uh, in our fermentation, we spund it, um, and we spund it at about like one bar. Uh, we actually this beer that you guys are drinking right now is technically spunded to two point nine eight volumes of CO two. Okay, um, and then we take it through a range where uh, once it's 
uh, terminal, we bring it down three degrees until we hit 40, uh, pull the yeast, and then we bring it down to 31, and then we transfer it into our horizontal brights, and then it normally sits in there for three weeks, but because of the time frame of everything, I felt like I'll just get some early stuff and maybe it'll condition better in a keg coming out here. Okay. Um, But when you put it that way, that sounds like a party. (laughs) Well, the whole reason behind the name was me and Kyle. Do you want to hear the real story behind it? Because I was the sober one in that. Oh, then yeah. I want the real. (laughs) Okay. So me and Kyle started drinking and then me and Kyle started smoking. It wasn't a production meeting. Kyle hadn't been working for the brewery and we had just done a collaboration <laughs> that was called Cage the Fury. Okay. So it was Nicolas Cage in a okay. cage dressed as Tiger so, King. As the sober person in the room. As the sober person in the room. Yeah. Um, we're in our tiny little like one bedroom apartment. We have two dogs and all of a sudden I'm I'm have my planner in front of me and all of these pens and I'm trying to figure out what is happening for the next three months. And all of a sudden they start like jumping up on the furniture and screaming, party boy pills, party boy pills. I guess they had it in their head of like Chris Pontius yeah. from Jackass, like when he was going through Japan yeah, uh, with the rip away pants and everything. Oh. And so they started playing all of this Euro trash music <laughs> and started jumping on the furniture. And my dogs are just like, what is happening? And I, I took a video just to be like, okay, someone has to experience this with me. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah. can't be the only sober woman in the room. Yeah. And then fast forward, yeah, Rice Factory across the street, who, you know, traditional Japanese company, like, they was actually rice down. They like the Ritz-Carlton. Is that yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, the four super fancy places. And when I showed them the label, the guy was like, yes, all about it. Yes, let's do it. Because it's nice. literally, you know, dude in a Speedo with a ponytail, like, dancing, and then to the left of it, there's actually a bang emoji. And in Japanese, it says, insert key here. It's our shotgun beer. It's our yeah. shotgun beer. So this is 4.2%. In-house, we serve it in, off of Luker Fawcett um, into a Rostel tankard mug. Um, and we do it as a smooth pour, or the Hladinka style pour. Um, and frankly, this is what most of the brewers drink. We and yeah. most people come in for this. This is one of Heck our yeah. most popular beers. That and makes sense. So you have to keep this on all the time. Yeah, it accidentally oh, it, it became that. It became a staple in 2022. In 2021, we brought it back. Uh, we brought it back uh, th- three times, and uh, we pretty much brought it back just because we felt like so many people were into it, and it was a good staple beer to do. And we don't normally do staples. At the time, we only had two. It was a blonde and a pale. Also, Everything it's else a lager. So if it gets oversold, we're like... Yeah, so it's been it's been a great beer for us. I this is I I literally when we first got the Lukers, I started drinking at ten thirty, and I think I had my seventh beer by six, and I was <laughs> still party boy pills. I was still cruising, just doing house chores, just like this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, this is great hot weather beer. And since you guys have that pretty much all the time, like yeah. this, yeah, <laughs> it, it makes all the sense. And there's people there to party. My God. I mean, it's <laughs> there's so many parties. There's so many reasons <laughs> why it's awesome. It has this really pleasant um, sweetness to it. So the yeast that we use is Andex. And we actually got the technique for spending from Ghost Town. Um, so we ferment at 52 for this. And then once we hit that five to seven Play-Doh, we spun it and then raise it to 55 and then do the three degree drop after we hit terminal. 
but um this andex yeast actually doesn't like to go below like 2.7 2.5 play-doh hmm. so what we've done really is try to make sure that we have enough carb so that it supports all of that like residual like dextrinous character and sugar okay and it's been definitely a lot of like because of that's where it's going to finish for a lot of the loggers we've had to kind of factor in like this is what we're expecting this is how we should adjust our water this is how we should adjust our bitterness Mm -hmm. but the reason why i love this yeast is that i actually got to go to andex in 2013 like to the monastery where they do this and it was one of the best most romantic experiences i've had and so when the opportunity to use this yeast came about i was like we got to do it that's awesome I can see how that would be a compl- uh, like a really difficult, challenging balance. But I think you nailed it because you know a lot of times when you talk about sweetness, uh, especially in this room, that can be a negative. But that is not what I mean about this beer. There's like just a little something there that makes it uh, taste and feel much more uh, like full-bodied to me than like a really thin rice lager, right? Yeah. Um, like I don't mind me a Sapporo every now and then. That's fine, but this is different than that. A Sapporo has this incredible dryness to it, and yours is dry. Don't get me wrong, but it has this like mouth feel to back it up. That's really nice. Thank you. Yeah, I think you kind of nailed that that balance. Yeah, we've we've talked to a couple. There's a sake maker out there, and we've talked about potentially doing like a koji rice beer, which is where they actually ferment the coat the rice and do all that. Well, that was um, the Ronin guys. Like Charlie at Ronan, like it was fascinating to visit them. Oh, did you guys visit? Oh, him? yeah, I, it was I the most delicious experience I've ever had. And uh, Charlie's the coolest. Like I, nice. I just adore their brewery and what they've been doing, and the fact that he's just still playing when mm. you've been working on such a macro level. Like yeah. I have so much respect for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super awesome. Yeah, sounds like a good visit. That was another really great COVID oh, yeah, COVID uh, <laughs> yeah. session we did yeah. with Charlie. Nice. Yeah. So do you do you have to do a lot with your water? Like, do you have consistent water? Do you have to RO your water? So, Onico is pretty unique in that we actually do a blend of the city water as well as nanofiltrated water, which is RO water with a coarser membrane. So, whereas with RO, it's zero to four parts per million of total dissolved solids. We're roughly between... Sorry. Oh, it was supposed to be in the mic. You were supposed um, to lean yeah. in. Yeah. 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 Four to 15 parts per million of total dissolved solids. That's collected into a 500-gallon reservoir, and then that blends back with the city water. So we normally run our brewing water between 90 to 110 parts per million of total dissolved solids, whereas the city water is potentially 235 parts per million total dissolved solids, as much as 330 parts per million total dissolved solids. The reason why we do this is because most of Hawaii's water sits in volcanic aquifers. It's basalt. So for anybody else who has experienced that, where they have basalt aquifers, you actually pick up a fair amount of minerality, especially during the summer. And with Hawaii's water, you also pick up a lot of salt. So one thing that's great about Hawaii's water is you do have a salinity compound that is really great, but it's hard when you're trying to create softer lagers, softer IPAs. There's a high mineral content. Right, Mm. it's very much geared towards dark beers, especially Mm. when you look at it from a pH range. So when we're creating these beers, especially on the lager side, one goal I really want to have be a character for all these like lighter colored beers is that they're that aren't hoppy are um, somewhat like you're standing at the ocean and the spray of the ocean is hitting you. Mm -hmm. So it's a sea breeze. 
Um, and then when we're looking at our um, like darker <laughs> beers, it does kind of end up being a lot softer and a little easier to finish off while retaining some of those characters. It's a lot of work on your water. Yep. It definitely is. It's a blending system that uh, yeah. has been a lot of schedule 80 and trying to figure out how to make sure it doesn't leak. Yeah. But well, it's, also it's a worked. lot of a lot of interesting like, you know, R&D with what the other breweries are doing because we're really lucky where there's so many other breweries that came before us, mm-hmm. but we're also really lucky to be kind of at the forefront, especially comparative to the Bay Area. Right. Where it's like, okay, so what are they doing? how can we absorb that and how can we be friends with everybody and kind of retain the information but like change it and do our own thing how many breweries are in honolulu now i was trying to look at the map and count but oh so um it doubled in two years it went from like 14 to 27 there's not 20 yes there are yes there (laughs) are i'm sorry i went to dc with those numbers thank you cindy goldstein (laughs) (laughs) what what were the two years that it doubled don't tell me it's been the last two years yep Really? Last two years. So during COVID, it doubled. Yeah. What, did COVID not hit Hawaii? You guys were just fine over there on the beautiful island of Hawaii? Obviously. No. <laughs> God. We were all on the beach. Are you kidding me? We, we, opened, yeah. Yeah. we opened five months before COVID hit. Oh, right. And yeah. it completely changed our business plan. Mm-hmm. But it also, like, I mean, I'm probably speaking out of turn because we, we opened before, but I feel like everybody that we're going to open after, it's like, well, I'm all in now. Right. <laughs> like, this is the business plan. Well, and, and that I happened here, too. We, we've yeah. done those interviews here where people have come in and said the same thing. I always make a joke about it, like, are you crazy? But the truth is, you were all in. Like, what the hell are you going to do now? At that point. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Amazing. Well, the beer is fantastic. Uh, I want to go back to talking about crazy. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you guys met in Concord, I assume, or at least in California, not on the island or what? We met at Ool. You met at Ool, traitors. (laughs) <laughs> you weren't open yet. Okay, okay that's fair. All right, like, that's fair. There we go. <laughs> I was bartending there before I ever worked You here. were. You're, I'm really the traitor because I think we stole you or something. Kind of. <laughs> like, so do you want to tell the story or do you want me to tell the story? I don't know. Well, I like but, that you two mm. give each other the opportunity to. Well, so here's the deal. Maybe you can so tell both I, stories. Yeah. I, I went, I went in with a friend after we saw a movie. and uh, we Wool is in Walnut Creek, folks at home. Just, it's another craft beer bar. Great craft beer bar, actually, in, in Walnut Creek right near us. Yeah, beautiful Belgian-style bar. Yeah. Um, same ownership as McKellar Bar, RIP. Was, yeah. 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 So me and a friend went in. We sat down, and... Uh, all of a sudden, you know, our we sat down at a table, our server comes up, and I look, and this is weird to say on the radio, but it's kind of cool. I I looked at Chrissy's eyes, and, like, you just kind of feel that spark, and you're just ah. kind of like, oh, shit. Party boy and, uh, Speechless. You, yeah, yeah, I was like, like I oh, you. shit, who is this? <laughs> and she came up, she took our orders, and I was like, oh. And I turned to my friend, and I used to wear like a really cool leather jacket. I'm not that cool anymore. And I used to carry dice in my jacket, like D6s, for those of you that play Dungeons and Dragons. Sorry, this isn't the JP show, but go go on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, we we were on with JP before. We're we're still adjusting. Let me get out my Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, so so anyway, so I bust out this dice, and I started playing dice games with my friend. And Chrissy comes over and just goes, seriously, dice? Do you want to play a real game? And I looked at her and I was like, all right, well, what do you want to do? And she's like, I'll be right back. And mind you, the place was packed. Like, it was bursting at the scene. It was like a Friday, Saturday night. Yeah, Yeah. I remember that. And so 
She comes back with a deck of cards. She's like, we're going to play Egyptian war while I serve tables. I'm still going to beat all of you. Because wow. it's illegal to okay. play poker. Like, I can't just bet on that. So she starts, <laughs> she starts playing Egyptian war with us. She starts beating us. And I'm just like turning my friend. I'm like, man, she's this girl's hot. <laughs> and yeah. then she like comes back here's, over. Here's where I butt in. Here's where I butt okay. in. Because yeah. I... I was you know definitely working for that tip but also i thought he was very attractive okay because that's what i was going to ask were you just being chrissy outgoing uh working for a tip or you were into him like from the moment you said do you want to play a real game was that you spitting game or just being you it it was just being me like honestly okay um it was it I feel like if you're going to work for a tip, it should be coming from a place that is sincere. Yeah. So. Because you looked into his eyes and just saw like dead eyes from Stockton. No, no. I look good. <laughs> I look real good. I saw a Hawaiian boy. <laughs> that, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. I'm just checking. I don't know. He looked attractive. I was, was in shape back little... then. Okay. Oh, we both were. <laughs> Dear God. But no, I, I mean, I saw a very attractive guy. Okay. But I also saw him playing dice and I was like, ooh. <laughs> 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 okay, well, do you want to play an actual game? And and so I I brought over cards. I couldn't play poker, so I'm like, okay, Egyptian War. And I kept slapping back in, even after I would have to slap out. Hmm. But at that point, I felt like I was leading him on. And oh. so it was my turn to be like, okay, if if he is going to leave me a tip, if I am working for a tip, yeah, I should be honest and not, you know, screw him over. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, like, and... I don't remember what it was. It must have been a movie or a I band. And it, it was something like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend really loves that band. Or, like, my boyfriend just saw that movie. It was great. And I, It's what you said to him. Yes. Oh, oh. to, like, take some of the pressure off. Yeah. Right. Uh. So so that way it wasn't like, you know, oh, I'm trying to lead you on. Oh, like So deflating, yeah. though. But, well, and the funny thing was is the POS was literally the distance between you, Justin, yeah, like yeah. what the three feet to Josh. Right. So you had to be right there the whole time. Well, no. Like I, I walked over to the POS like, oh, do you guys want another beer after like, you know, the boyfriend comment? And I walk over and I hear his buddy, his college <laughs> buddy being like, yo, man, I was really rooting for you, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> and you're now just deflated, right? Well, and they so were three beers deep because I had been serving them. And so right. I'm just like, oh, shoot, did I overserve them now? <laughs> no, so I had a policy. If there's a goalie, you shouldn't try to score. Okay. That's uh, fair. fair. Also, it so took him two years to make a move. Okay. Well, but you, that might have been your fault. You put up the goalie. Probably, probably. And that's Which fine. Which is probably a good thing. Boundaries are Because it worked out. Healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, okay, then we can go ahead to that time later. But in the meantime, you're working in craft beer. And like I said, when you were working here, and I know they're just always looking to learn more about it. So did you know back then, Chrissy, that you, you'd want to do something in craft beer? Or were you still just dabbling like maybe this is a career? Um, honestly, for me, I was going through a weird time in my life where I thought I had, you know, moved on and I found this sense of community when mm-hmm. I didn't, wasn't expecting it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that was due to Tasty. Yeah. And to find that sense of family, to find that sense of home, like for me, I mean, I grew up Mormon, so we weren't allowed to drink. It okay. was very the devil's drink. Are you and, a recovering Mormon now or you I mean what's a, what's a recovering Mormon like I Tell know I <laughs> I know a couple recovering Mormons that are like that's what they describe themselves as they're like yeah and then like we saw the rest of the world 
Yeah, there's definitely like a part of recovery where it's like, okay, I was kind of in a place of close-mindedness. I'm not going to say yeah, cult, yeah. but okay, like yeah. there's definitely like a a space where you're not allowed to be thinking of a free space. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Um so that's what I mean. You're in you've moved on from that. Recovering yeah. more, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and as I was exploring like a new career, a new life, I I found family and beer. Okay. And it felt the the weird part for me was you know, learning about beer, especially working at Wool, where it's super nerdy, it's super Belgian, it's super, you know, there's tons of Trappist breweries. And I remember opening up, like, my beer encyclopedia and and learning about the old school Trappist breweries and writing Heitzgabot and all of that. And the fact that, you know, monks believed that part of their practice and their, you know, religious ode to their god was to create beer yeah. was something that was so foreign to me. Now that's a religion right there. Yeah. yeah that, what a what a bridge between the experience you have and future. Like right. it was so different. So interesting. And I had never <clears throat> contemplated before that moment, like, okay, well maybe, you know, religion can be found in a devil's drink that I had otherwise been like taught as a perspective. And so after that it just changed my world and I kept like exploring that because like whoa there's so much out there and i grew up really exploring despite you know being mormon like i grew up racing mountain bikes i i got to travel i got to explore the world yeah but to like break that perspective mm-hmm. like changed everything for me so that's okay. when i was like okay we gotta i gotta keep seeing where this is going like there's something yeah. out there and when you left here if i remember right you worked for a distributor after that or a brewery as a salesperson i'm trying to remember i was off and on here so yeah, I, yeah. I worked for uh the guys at high water okay um yeah. steve altamari he's mm-hmm. you know i have very few people that i will call my beer dad i would say a select three. Okay. And he is definitely one of them. Steve's awesome. Kevin yeah. Callahan is also in that as well. Uh, Kevin's all of our beer dad. Whether Kevin he likes also it or not. Like, doesn't like it when I call him my beer dad because he's like, no, I'm not that old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm your yeah. beer big brother. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, which is fine. He's my beer uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not better. Then, then he just feels creepy, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. It's yeah. so cool to see him though with kids and it's like, you're officially yeah. a dad now so I can call you that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kevin's our GM here at the Hop Grenade, folks. At home, if you're new to the show, uh, that's who we're talking about. Uh, okay, so you go to work for uh, for Steve uh, as a salesperson. I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah no, okay. um, uh, gosh, Peasley, Mike Peasley showed me the ropes as far as you know going into off prem, on prem, and I could get nerdy about sales, but mm-hmm. you know, it was it was exploring the world through the eyes of like what different bars need, okay. which was interesting. Yeah, and you know, especially having been a tap room worker and like pouring beer. Yeah. It's like, yeah, each bar has a different service. So sure. what does that look like? And then kept staying here. I got um, a job working at the Growler mm-hmm. um, in Danville. So I started being their buyer and working with other people. And that place was like family as well. Nice. Um, but I always kept Hop Grenade kind of in my back pocket because <laughs> like 
No offense, but it was kind of easy to keep you guys. Oh yeah, yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty welcoming. We don't, I don't think we've ever fired anybody. Maybe that was why. <laughs> we just sort of wait for you to quiet quit. <laughs> we, we, the hop grenade actually invented quiet quitting. I don't know if the world knows that, but I think we did. So uh, we, like podcasters before podcasting, like yeah, you guys are before your time. Yeah, listen. Also, never be first at anything. It sucks. But yes, <laughs> in the long term, in the long run, it's a terrible thing to do. But yeah, yeah, we're first. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, I eventually got to work for Ballast Point. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's where... That's where I was thinking distributor, because they're yeah, so yeah, big yeah. that I was like, what was the big one? Yeah, but yeah, that's right, guys. Ballast Point. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I rode that wake. If you... <laughs> the expense account was comfortable. There yes. you go. Yeah, yeah. So now, and I guess I, I'm probably going to bounce around the story a little bit, but now, in thinking of all these things, and you, you mentioned one of them earlier, Teresa... Your skill set, the two of you, is so incredible for opening a brewery. Finance already, business and finance before the brewery, which you hated, but fuck off. You love it now, or at least I love it for you, if you haven't figured out how much you love it. Then all of the brewing education, the sales and marketing and and even distribution side, because you got to work with that on the whole thing. Like, what a power duo to open a brewery. You guys really have a unique, uh, well... I guess it is unique that the two of you have it together, but a, a powerful skill set for this. Uh, did you even like think about that, or were you it just sort of happened? No. Chris told me a month into it that she would never work with a spouse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I was very anti. I was like, I am a Which, by the person? way, is not a terrible philosophy in most cases in my experience. So that makes me a terrible yeah. person for not upholding the boundary then. As well. Not if it's working. <laughs> I mean. Will you work? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I'd say one of the greatest things is that it's like, you know, as much as I've had an experience in finance and marketing, Chrissy is really the person that has the hold on what is going on with the business. Mm -hmm. That's what's Chrissy, funny is he doesn't know the numbers. He'll spout them out sometimes and he'll be like, oh, well, I don't know what percentage of tourists we have. And like literally earlier at Sidegate, yeah, we were having yeah. a beer at Sidegate. And I was like, I can tell you right now that like for the month of blah, 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 we were at 70% tourism. And he's yeah. like, how do you know that? And I was like, because of our reservation system, because it tracks the, you know, zip code. <laughs> Where they're from, and yeah. like, like I have made my own like reporting software essentially from scratch. And sometimes Josh will be like, oh yeah, so this is on the up and up. And I'm, I just look at him sideways and I'm like, <laughs> You know that because I told you last night. Like, what are you talking about? That's fine. No, it's fine. At least he knows it. I am very much a Michael Scott. Oh, yeah. No. Well, okay. the Wait, thing is, is he'll way? take credit for it. I where see. Where it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I know yeah. these numbers. No, and I'm like, definitely not that. On. But more so, like, I am the most unproductive, productive boss because during... So COVID was actually really rough. Like, mm -hmm. we had a lot of things that we were going through. And for personally... It was working in a vacuum and not having people to bounce things off of. And since then, we've had a lot of people to really bounce things off of. And now at this point, like I'm here yeah. and there is a full team that is capable of handling everything else back at the production side of things. Which we're really lucky for. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And really it's, lucky. it's one of those things where sometimes I'll just be like, hey, have you guys ever heard of this thing on YouTube? And then but. But at the same time, you know, it's been trying to get people out of their shell as far as what they've been used to with production, where it's just like, this is a dry hop and you're just going to do it and versus being like, hey, tell me if you think I'm full of shit. I want you to tell me yeah. if this dry hop sucks or if you think, no, we need to go in a different direction. 
and it's been really good there. And Chrissy's really done a great job of like honing in like what our outside sales approach has been, what our marketing approach has been, how the front of house is going to handle things. And, you know, it's it's been a constant like collaboration as far as like how do we keep all this going while still being married and having like a husband and wife right. relationship. So for anybody out there that's <laughs> you know, a married couple that's doing this, like, it's not easy. I don't care if you're Vinny and Natalie or if you're, mm-hmm. you know, oh, whoever. We, we but... definitely, like, as we were walking into this, like, kind of situation, um, I was like, okay, if if we do this, if we are husband and wife working together, like, I don't want to be X, Y, and Z couple. Mm-hmm. Like, if mm-hmm. we are going to do this, are we going to be a Vinny and Natalie? And like not to stroke their ego or anything, not that there's an ego to stroke because like they're so humble. But like every now and then when we're in a fight, I'll be like, okay, are we being this couple? Or are we being a Vinny and Natalie? Because like, come on, yeah, meet me there. Well, every <laughs> couple, <laughs> every couple has their issues, and and every sure. couple I think is perceived one way, and and maybe isn't always that, right? Oh yeah, it's so, easy to so that's from the difficult. outside looking in. Yeah. So what do you do that? So you you didn't want to be a, a married couple in business together because you I'm assuming because you thought you'd have no private life together. My thing was I wanted to have independence. I wanted to be able to make my own mark in a world without who I was with. And I think I it's see. basically because of how I grew up. Like, we can all talk about that. But, you know, I, I wanted to be independent of anything my spouse was doing. So that way, if I failed, it was fully on me. Okay. It wasn't something that he was also relying on and was feeling the hurt on and vice versa like if i was being successful then like he's you know he so what was the compromise then that made you decide this is going to be okay she's my boss (laughs) no that's not it that's not it just most of the time for me it was you know i i always grew up super poor i always grew up in a place where i couldn't help as many people as i wanted to Mm -hmm. and it was the first time that like we had financial backing. It was my first taste of like, okay, we can do something and it could actually matter. Mm-hmm. And it was worth ditching that boundary for me to be able to do something that mattered more for people that I didn't know. Okay. So, and I've noticed that in reading about Hanukkah, your your mission statement is on the is out there, and so you really are a, more of an altruistic brewery and and a community brewery, and the idea being, what can we do with our business that helps others? And that's what you're saying, sort of drove you to saying, all right, this partnership can work. A hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. I, I mean, we've talked about having kids, and it's still like you know back and forth. But at the end of the day, when we grow old, we still don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And so we're not building this brewery to figure out like, okay, we'll sell it or, you know, it's going to turn into our kids brewery. Like, I, I just want our impact <clears throat> in the world to matter. And yeah. I want to make sure that like other people feel like they can live a better life. Well, and, you know, to kind of talk about the first time that we've actually done a community outreach. So in 2020, we did Tasties and we did Janet's Brown. Yeah, I saw and that. And Chrissy was the proponent, like, as far as, like, this is what we need to do. This is what we, like, should be looking at doing. And originally when we started building the brewery, we were looking at doing community outreach as a quarterly thing. Now <laughs> we're at 
like a monthly and sometimes two per Multi-monthly month. Multi-monthly now. And yeah. what's been awesome is to see how people have come in and we've seen the we've seen how much it's affected people in a positive way that even though the contribution may not be necessarily like extreme, it is something where like we get to build community. I mean, even just like people coming through that have said, Oh, like I came in because I wanted to buy this beer because it supports this cause has been great. Like, even though it's not something that we're necessarily like really making any money on, like it's like no we're building the community as a result of this and it's been something that i really think like in communities where we've all felt as though like we need improvement it's been helpful to just like say hey we all want to support each other yeah and i got to tell you guys like that's all chrissy hmm. like that really <laughs> is chrissy i mean there are things that i've been passionate about but most of these passions have been through chrissy and chrissy is really done a lot of legwork to build all of that and you know i'm really grateful as a brewer to have somebody come to me and say like this is something they're thinking of doing and what do you think we can do like one of the things that we're really stoked on and we're coming out with uh, at the beginning of october for um breast cancer awareness month is chihu chongers and this will be the this will be the second time we're doing it um it's an event or a beer it's a beer. It's all of the it's a, okay. So there was last year, um, this woman, Lindsay, uh, emailed us saying that her wife has had metastatic breast cancer. For Which, for believe, those that don't know, metastatic breast cancer means you, you don't go backwards. You don't get cured. And okay. she had been living with it for five years. Oh. Most don't live past four. Okay. And so Lindsay emailed us and I'm sobbing because I like it's it's a Thursday night and I'm like two beers deep and I'm like showing Josh my phone. I'm like, we have to do something for them. Yeah. And it was it was her basically saying, like, you know, it's on her bucket list to do with beer. I know you guys do community things. I, you know, it's a long shot, but regardless, like, do you sell tap handles? And so it turned into like, no, we have to fucking do this. Mm. Like, there's no other way. And the beauty of like their love of Lindsay and Camille, like, like Lindsay walked Camille in to our brewery and it was on a Monday. So we were closed. And as she's walking her in, she's like, I don't think we're allowed back here. It's not. And, and eventually she saw Josh and Josh was like, no, we're making your beer. Mm-hmm. And Camille was like, wait, what? You and then Lindsay what? was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a beautiful moment where we like, I have never seen a love like that. Okay. Yeah. In person and to like see it bloom and to see the kind of, yeah, it, it just, it's, it changes your world. Sure. So, so to fundraise, you're producing this beer. Yeah. So okay. this, uh, the, the proceeds from, uh, Chihu Chongers, uh, it was just a hazy IPA. It goes to uh, Metaviver, Meta, Meta which is for uh, metastatic breast cancer uh, um, research. Okay. And honestly, it like, mostly works because like they, there's no cure to mm-hmm. extend the life and to make the life mm-hmm. you know even more meaningful and loving. Okay. So and yeah, where does the Meta-Viver. name come from? Chihu Chang. So yeah. uh, her last name is Chong. <clears throat> Okay. So they call her Chongers. Nice. Nice. But and also Chihu is we're not going to blow out your mics. We're not yeah, we do really that would. <laughs> and I don't think you want me to do that unless it's later in the thing, but I did a no. little earlier where I was like Chihu. 
Ah, uh, okay. But, um, but yeah, and frankly, it's it, a Hawaiian uh, like a chant or like a. Uh it's it's just kind of it's like more local. Like it's Hawaiian, Samoan, uh, Tongan. Okay. Um, that's just kind of like one of those things where everybody's just like shouts like, yeah, it's it's similar okay. to kind of that. But, okay. Um, yeah, like frankly, as a brewer, it was one of those things where it was cool. We we let them pick out the hops. We have them come in for the dry hop. We've even done a beer for uh, Lindsay, Camille's <laughs> wife, called Literary Genius, because she's also an English school teacher nice. in mm-hmm. one of the districts. And we did a double West Coast IPA, which was fucking great. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we're super passionate about doing community beers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, well, and what's your model to, to be able to donate? Because we've had so many brewers come in here and, and even places like mine that, that want to fundraise, but... You know, so how do you figure out, you know, I guess breweries margins are a little better than bars and, and restaurants, but how do you figure out what uh, portion of proceeds and things like that? Do you mind me asking we, we that? We basically look at what the cost of the beer is, and then we look at what's available from potential profits, and we uh, basically decide on a number from there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like, you know, it's not necessarily exact to what the accounting is, but sure. we try to look at it as like, okay, this is what it would be. And we even try to look at it from an ingredient perspective. So it's like, okay, well, we would be able to donate more based the on these ingredients, ingredients potentially. Yeah. So it's, it's honestly trying to do something for the community because one thing that I love about Chrissy is the fact that it's like we can always give and it's something where if we really improve what's within our neighborhood we're going to have a better community as a result sure and you know that's also part of our marketing is it brings people in as a result and if you look at our logo it's uh it looks like a hibiscus flower but it's like a grain or a wheat pistol as a result and the idea is like beer might bring people to the center but every thing that's good emanates out from it and everything that's good comes back to it and so we always try to make it where it's like, you know, what can we do that's going to better the community that we're in? Because frankly, like, how I can think, we be a hub for good? Yeah. So this is what I mean by I hated finance when I was in it because <laughs> nobody would ever talk about that kind of stuff. And oh, no, they sure. wouldn't. But but, you know, uh, I think people that work outside of the nonprofit and let's just talk about nonprofit industry in general. You know, they don't understand how difficult it is to attract talent, for example, into the nonprofit sector. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so people outside the nonprofit sector sort of complain about their donations. They want to know where their money go. Why does so much money go toward the organization? I know I'm sounding like I'm on a tangent here, but I'm going to bring this back. No, no, no. You know, people get mad, but like, oh, my God, well, so much of your donations are going to your infrastructure. And... um, uh, one of my life partners, uh, Kate the Great, has always worked in uh, the nonprofit sector. And her and I have talked about this at length. And she opened my eyes about this. And she's like, you know, do you want talented people working uh, and knowledgeable people working in your nonprofit? Because they're going to they're gonna do better things. They're going to do more. They're going to bring in more money. But you got to pay for those people. Yeah. And if you don't give those people a salary, if part of those donations don't go toward those people, then your donations are less effective. Your money that you're giving is less effective. And I'm just so I'm throwing that out there for people to listen to next time you're complaining about an organization and their overhead. Highly trained professionals are incredibly important in nonprofit sectors. Yeah. And we don't want to pay for them. So where the fuck else are they going to go? They're going to go to Google instead. And what the fuck is Google doing for me? 
Not one thing. Uh, other than my email, which is really great. And maps. Uh, <laughs> I, I use maps every day. No, but right. I, I, so, back to, so now I'm back percent. to saying, yeah, I 100% agree with you. Your life was not going to be fulfilled in the finance sector. But now your knowledge can certainly be used. Right. And I think that's super cool about what you're doing, too. And it's sort of bringing it back to like the skill set that you have. I love that uh, Chrissy's uh, ambition and, and how outgoing you are and how clearly compassionate you are um, brings these opportunities to the brewery. But I got to tell you, without even knowing the full story, it's your whole skill set that lets you guys do it. And that's why I'm asking you how you do it. Because I know you got like the brains to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know? It's ADHD and then a lot of reality <laughs> TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I I want to ask Chrissy about her um, collaboration beer that she's spearheading. So I don't know if you know about this, Justin, but it's called Shine a Light. Yeah, Shine a Light. <clears throat> yeah, and she's yep. she's bringing this to the attention of all the breweries. I I just want you to Trying share about to. it. <laughs> Um, so Shine a Light is near and dear to my heart because um, even before we ever opened, I knew I wanted to do something for um, the Joyful Heart Foundation. Um, and a, an arm of that is End the Backlog. Um, so if you don't know, Joyful Heart Foundation was actually started by Mariska Hargitay, who is like the female detective in Law and & Order. And mm-hmm. she started it because she was getting so much fan mail from people telling them about their mm. crazy experiences mm-hmm. like as a fan when she's like I'm I'm not a crisis counselor like I don't know what to tell you and this yeah. is, we're gonna get heavy but you know it was she started that and what a lot of people don't know is and the backlog exists to and the backlog of untested rape kits yeah so like <clears throat> the fact that there are so many kits that like you know you have to go through that process of trying to see your truth and be Mm -hmm. like this happened to me it's super invasive every Mm -hmm. single corner of you is swabbed after the most crazy experience of your life and And then then it it, sits on the shelf it sits on a shelf and the numbers are staggering it's they're absolutely staggering well and the work that she's done like the the places that she's gone to like to be able to make a dent is amazing like now luckily like we can say hawaii doesn't have a backlog wow. but there are so many states that do yeah and so it's- the so shine just because i'm a not I, I don't need you to get to the point but i always want to summarize things so i can wrap it around my head uh wrap my head around it shine a light those funds specifically go to getting those backlog kits tested Right? That's where all of the money goes. Get through the backlog. Yes. Yeah. So because we're lucky where like we don't have a backlog, we definitely want to donate to the rest of the, you know, greater United States, but uh, we also donate to our local sexual assault treatment center. Okay. Um, who I've had like ever since we started that and it was very quiet when we did. Um, but I had employees, I had strangers walk up to me and say like hey, my daughter was actually like going through Ooh. the you know assault trauma unit there. So thank you for donating because like we got free services. And it's super important because that wow. it changes your life. Oh, sure. And it's going to affect every moment of your life after. For sure. And then you really see it firsthand that it's doing something that makes all the difference. Well, yeah. And yeah. Also, I just wanted to come like <clears throat> commend you on. So one of the other things that uh, Chrissy's kind of brought on was we started working with Find Your Anchor. 
So there are these things called anchor boxes. And basically we provide them free of charge at the brewery. You don't have to be a, you know, you don't have to make a purchase or anything, but they're, you can grab them and they're actually suicide prevention boxes that are customizable. So, you know, Chrissy's had experiences with it where people have come up and said, you know, thank you. And, you know, we've seen people just come through and just grab them, whether or not they have a beer or not. Well, especially through like the pandemic where everybody is kind of going through this isolation mode. And so when you're alone and when you're really alone with your thoughts and you're just there, Mm. um, you know, we yeah, we were giving away like you know, anchor kits. And the concept was like, you just need to find your anchor to make sure that you know why you're important and why you need to stay. And, you know, who would love to have you, um, which was really hard through the pandemic. A lot of people didn't see that for a while. I mean, you're in quarantine. Yeah. So for you guys, this program is ongoing. The Shine a Light. Both are. Both Both are. are. Okay. Because I'm just noticing too, you have a whole page dedicated to on your site. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was I was really lucky where I was on calls with them in New York. Um, Lauren, shout out to her. Um, we we were constantly talking about how we can make Shine a Light bigger, and mm. I I told them it's like you know speaking of distribution, we're never going to be bigger yeah. than our island, let alone our state. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen. Um, but never I wanted to be able to. I mean, we're <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I've seen what big beer is and what yeah. it's like to be purchased, and it can be a beautiful thing if that's what you want to accomplish. But it's not yeah. what we're trying to do. Sure. So for us, like, I wanted to figure out a way where if other people identify with it, then they can be a part of it too. That makes sense. So that's what we were trying to do. Love it. All right, you guys ready for another quick break? Always. Sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we got more beer to try too. Oh, yeah, there's another beer. We got a West Coast IPA, I think we have, right? Amplified Overdrive. <laughs> I think oh, we, man, that was like, nice. see, that was like candy for being the years. A, yeah, they say being a married couple working we together sucks. Look at how they are. They're <laughs> literally suck. It's definitely got its first. We're also, we're, it's also been nice to kind of be like in Concord hanging out. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back uh, with more from Hanakoe Brewing Company right here on The Session. Welcome back to The Session. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're still still here with Hanakoe Brewing Company out of Honolulu, Hawaii. And uh, Josh and Chris are hanging out with us. We're having a nice time and drinking their wonderful beer. Talking about um, a little bit of altruism, which I like to see in the industry all the time. And some people talk about it and some people do it. And Hanakoe seems to be doing it. So that is very nice to hear. Um, before we move on to some of the rest of their story, we've got... Amplified Overdrive in our glass, which is a West Coast IPA of yours. Do you guys, um, do you can and bottle at all, or is it just draft? Just curious oh, before we move every, on. Most everything. everything gets canned. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, we don't bottle. Yeah, this was a, a, a product of COVID. Basically, we found a point where it was like, you know, all we found that people come in mostly when we have can releases. So every single week now, we yeah. have a new can release. Wow. And it might be even two. Okay. Each wow. week. Oh yeah, it's stressful. And you have yeah, stressful, you have yeah. of course you have your own line. You don't have a mobile canner running around Hawaii. We right? do have our own line. So <laughs> our line is actually from Micro Canner. They're based out of Michigan. It's a pretty great system. Um, it's a four headed filler. I would highly recommend them. A lot of their parts are um, 
interchangeable from automation direct and so that's what's been really nice to work with them we've actually been able to get really great dissolved oxygen numbers from shaking dio and Josh total package is so oxygen. excited as soon as he got like a can piercer yeah. he's oh, like oh yeah oh my gosh i'm gonna talk about dio any chance i Heck get yeah. like, but you should have seen him at sidegate earlier but the <laughs> best part of this show is like i used to listen to this show trying to gather so many nuggets and now i'm like i get to offer some Heck yeah. I I have so, you're right yeah. so like you <laughs> you're know right. if you're getting um you know under 10 parts per billion or like in the teens parts per billion for total or for do off the tank um we actually have an anton par um oxy qc uh do meter so we'll measure the tank do and then we'll measure the shaken do of the can Mm -hmm. after we pierce it and then uh just so everybody's aware it does not hurt to call the brewery that you most like to find information because I left a message on Russian River's voicemail Speaking and of the Jeremy coasters. from Russian Ooh. River Russian River yeah. gave me an email back with the total package oxygen calculator that they figured out back in the day when the when they did their craft beer and brewing segment and so now we use that to figure out what our total package oxygen is nice. and they've said it's been within plus or minus 5 parts per billion of what their actual machine is getting. Okay. And oh, cool. sometimes, like for one fucking can of Party Boy, we got 57 parts per billion. And I was just like, we fucking did it. <laughs> <laughs> What's the goal? So, anything under Russian River for total package oxygen is 60 parts per billion and below. Okay. According um, to our reading comprehension. Okay. But <laughs> a lot of most breweries that are operating on a rotary canner are between like, 20 to 30 parts per billion on TPO. Some are 40 to 80. It just depends on what it is. But considering the fact that we're on a craft system, we're you know, only able to do what we can with what's available. Um, I've been really excited with what we've been able to achieve. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Well, the reason I asked about cans too is because this I took a sip of this beer and it's exactly like what our best selling IPAs and cans are here. Like that nice, clean, obviously West Coast. We have a lot of West Coast fans here, but that kind of piney, resiny, dank West Coast. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I hope this isn't just in your, your tap room. It's got to be elsewhere. Would you like the breakdown of what this beer is? Of course. <laughs> I, I would love of the breakdown. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so this is actually, uh, it's basically just a two-row dextrose and a sigillated malt for pH adjustment. Um, I think we actually do this... Uh, I, I don't recall what the mash uh, temp is offhand. Um, I, it might be 150 Fahrenheit. Um, but uh, one thing that's actually pretty unique, which I don't know if we talked about in the last segment, but we actually use a mash filter. Oh. So that actually changes up uh, some of I forget of what we, a mash filter even is. It's so instead so of a louder ton, you basically transfer the mash into this vessel. And basically it separates the solids from the wort. Okay. And so shoveling uh, it out by hand. We, I see. Well, oh. wow. not, not necessarily that, but more so that like you actually can mill the grain to a point where it's pulverized versus a coarse grind. So you need to mm. create a bed for your mash tun. And this allows us to get an efficiency between 95% to as high as what we've recorded is 103% wow. mash efficiency. Which is mathematically so, impossible. <laughs> Very much so. But it is actually Listen, he went to school in Stockton. If he wants to say 103%, Clearly. he can say 103%. I mean, I don't they had a lot degree. of good weed out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So the the whole point is that um, with this beer, we basically built it as a West Coast that focused on Mosaic and Motueka. So we used um, Mosaic T90. We used Motueka T90. We also used Cryopop, which is a product available available from Yakima Chief Hops. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a blend of a of a bunch of different hops in a cryo form. Okay. So it's essentially hop keef that's all put together. Do they tell you what the bunch of different hops are? or is they I'm just, sure you could yeah. ask them. Okay, but, but they basically tell you it's a bunch of danky keef. It's basically yeah. a boost. Yeah, so okay. if you're thinking yeah. of like, you know, uh, like hot sauce and you're just trying to like increase the, like the spiciness, you add habanero or something like that. So with this, it was a way to boost that. We also dry hopped it with uh, Mosaic Spectrum, which is a product that's available from Haas. So it's a liquid flowable extract that we add upon knockout. And what it does is it's a liquid flowable extract that is very hop oil focused. So you retain a lot of the, um, the hop oil characters in the final product along with the dry hop that you do. So you can add it at the beginning, you can add it at the end, we chose to add it at the beginning of fermentation, so we had a deeper layer to this beer. This is actually um, a beer that we entered in a uh, Great American Beer Festival. Okay. This specific batch. Nice. And uh, thank you for the for fingers you. crossed. I have high um, hopes for you. So um, we also added uh, a little bit of T90 Motueka um, to get that lemon lime. We add the cryopop, and then we also added Strata. Um, because we felt like Strata added that cured cannabis, mm. a little bit of the citrus. Um, last year we used Idaho 7 and Amarillo, but the Idaho 7 we had this year wasn't as much cured cannabis blueberry. It was a lot more fresh bud on the plant. And the Amarillo that we had last year was definitely more of that like orange, whereas this year was more fruit punch. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to kind of figure out, you know, this was a beer that was based more on flavor. And especially with a name like Amplified Overdrive, we wanted to be like, hey, this is yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. in your it's, face. I think yeah. you did that. <laughs> yeah. I like your it's, choice of Strata. And, and I don't, oh, Strata's a little hit or miss for me. Uh, some breweries I like do it really well. Like Faction, I think, uses Strata really well. And of what? course- what does uh, faction not do well, though? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right. absolutely. Well, and of course, the other component to that that you could think of as a brewer is I know that faction gets to go and pick all their hops. Uh, so they might have picked that batch of Strata, whereas other brewers, I don't know if you get to or not, but other we brewers, are, we kind of get what you get, right? Yeah, um, we, we, we're at the point right now where we don't have the option, but uh, one thing that I think a lot of breweries should consider is we actually contract a lot of varieties through Yakima Quality Hops, which is different from Yakima Chief Hops. And they actually have no minimum as far as like being able to do selection process. This okay, year was nice. a little difficult for us to try to plan to do that. Yeah, but yeah. they're really great guys. They actually have a new variety coming out called uh, 1320, okay. which is an experimental. And it's, it's amazing. I was telling everybody at CBC to check it out because it was great. Um, nice. I would really hope we get the opportunity to do selection. But frankly, I think... It's, it's kind of like the aspect of like you've got chefs that are farm to table, so they get to go to the farm and pick the ones they want versus the chefs that are ordering through the distributor and they just get what they get. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I say. That might be sometimes a difference in the strata beers I like and don't like. But other times the difference is the brewers. Um, I like this a lot. Oh, I like it a lot, nice. too. Filtered, too? No, this is all biofine. Okay. What's, that, the, what's the ABV? This is 7%. Yeah. Um, we... So we actually, when we biofine, we go as low as possible because 
I do feel that uh, with Biofine, um, you take out a lot of the hop character in the beer by doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so we dose it in the fermenter prior to transfer, and we try to make sure that we have at least six days of cold crash time uh, like between where it's in the fermenter and in the bright tank before packaging. Oh, so you, you dose it in the bright tank, you mean? Sorry. We dose oh, it, you on dose the it in the fermenter and then it transfers. And the fermenter. Oh, got mm. it, got it. And okay. for a 15 barrel batch, it's just one liter of Biofine. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the thing that's hard is that it's not as polished. I mean, you guys have met Matt Bernalston. Those guys are literally centrifuging their troube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so they're going to have polished beers no matter what. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. And it's beautiful. This is this <laughs> always, is, yeah. This is so clear. Like yeah. you're selling yourself short. That's why I was certain it's it was super filthy. Bright. When I asked the question, I thought you were going to be like, "Oh yeah, we've got a centrifuge. We do it all." Yeah, but no, just biofine. Well, it's working for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I was looking at doing gelatin, but you know, vegans, and then. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, vegans. Don't put okay, so, in my well, ear. Maybe not exactly that. Honestly, working yeah. with gelatin can be very dangerous because you have to heat it to such a like high temperature. And if you There's get it on your... There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Well, like, if you get it on your skin, it's mm. going to be really oh, bad. Same as oh. Biofine. If you get it on yourself, it's really bad. But Like even when it's not hot? Yeah. Uh, gelatin just, you know, imagine... Oh wow! Yeah, you keep not like, doing it into the yeah, microphone. You're it. I your keep arm. not doing yeah, it because yeah. I keep thinking I'm on a date here. Like you know, <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm you, coercing you, you guys and I'm hoping you bring Second me back. Second best date ever. Yeah, oh, really? no, that's no, great. it's a date with you, Justin. Let me get and that's that's what I'm, I'm, I'm the second best date ever. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think you realize this, but this is kind I'm of sorry, a date. Like we've had our urinal talks and like all this other stuff, <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like, oh yeah, this is kind of like this is cool. I'm just gonna play it cool. I'm gonna play it real cool. <laughs> Justin, and that's why I don't feel dating... as cool that I didn't bring a joint. Yeah. <laughs> he's dating me. I'm sorry to let you down, but yeah, he's actually dating me. Understood. And Chrissy is too. You each can have him. It's fine. Well, Teresa and Chrissy and I have had a really great time at Psycho Susie's Motorcycle Lounge. <gasps> yes, but, we did. Oh, yeah, I, I, you gave me that invite too. I was having yeah. a rough night, but uh, I yeah, was, I, I missed out you, on that party. You missed yeah. out big time. I know. I heard, yeah, I heard. There was actually another spot called Betty Dangerous where they had a Ferris wheel. Oh, nice. In Minnesota. I gotta say, Minnesota is really up their game on the bar. Like, it's a cool place. Thing <laughs> I loved Minnesota. I mean, they know what they're doing. Yeah. We get to go to Nashville was a blast. next year for CBC. Right? Yeah. Oh, don't but tell me all, that because I don't do want to go. No, Why? I don't want to go. You no. have to now you because don't now, go? I don't know if you heard this, but the World Beer Cup is every year now. Yeah, yeah. and that's well, why that, I don't want to yep. go. I'm so <laughs> that upset. Me. I'm pissed about that. We've just been, we went to Nashville in 2018 and it's it's just such a it's long flight from back. Hawaii. No, I want the hot chicken. I want to go to Princeton and I want to go to Bolton's. I want to go to, or Princeton's He's just mad that he has to pay for another plane ticket and it's not a new Thank you. I'm not mad about paying for it. I'm mad about <laughs> actually being on the plane and having to do that. That's not That's a long, how, how long, long is the flight? flight? It's true. Oh my God. It, we, we flew maybe. into Houston and then flew into there. So oh you're God, looking yeah, at like a total a... of 14 hours. Yeah. yeah, you can go to Europe for that. That is a long flight. I'll yeah. give you that. We could yeah. go to Japan for four. Oh, that's right. <laughs> no, it's true because <laughs> like you're the we're other at. direction. It's yeah. about seven. It's yeah, about seven right. depending on where you go. Seven hours to Japan. Four. Yeah. Four? Four to Japan. That's <laughs> a weekend that? trip. That's just, hey, let's go to Japan this weekend. Oh, that's what I did for his birthday one year. See, but yeah. I, really? I think there's a yeah. difference between wow. a road trip 
and an airline trip. Well, There's so many different. Yeah, it's shorter. Road trips I'm also anymore. I'm also a baby bird. Like <laughs> I came out here and my allergies are acting up, so I'm all hopped up on Claritin right now. Can I can I just say like on that note, if we're going there, I had to buy him like a a what is it a COVID nineteen test? Okay, before he would show up to Ales for ALS. Oh, is like, that right? Oh, he was like, oh, but he'll oh, show oh. up here with nothing. It's fine. Well, no, oh, well, no. We, I checked. He took the test. I checked. Believe me. I checked again <laughs> this morning in Danville. Did it a little swap. Really? Wow. No, yeah, because I was like, just like, I don't want to oh, oh, get Oh, because of the you're allergies. All allergies. I just thought you were really like worried about COVID. But because of the allergies, no. I get it. He's legitimately like, he thinks he has the black lung. I see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bless your heart. You still care about not infecting people. He cares. Thanks for that. I don't care. You could have given it to me. It's fine. But well, if you want to like, get something else, I can <laughs> just spread it around. I thought we're you were super COVID jaded right now. <laughs> no, I mean we can go to Vinny's. We'll definitely get something there. Exactly. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's plenty I to get. Vinny. Yeah. Oh, we gotta go to Vinny's. Oh, all the Vinny's size. Night. So all all joking aside, as far as this beer goes, like uh, we, as far as like what we've tried doing, as far as our uh, West Coast program, is we've really tried focusing on hot profile rather than bitterness. Hmm. And we just recently did a beer for Alpha King Challenge where we've had to raise our hot bitterness and I'm not out there. So we're gonna see kind of what that goes, but we're, I think one thing that's been really great about the Bay Area is that you guys are just having people come out with West Coast that are fucking amazing. We are pretty good at it right now. Yeah. yeah. And, like I did, like I've been yeah, so like, I, I, I want to thank you, you for not brewing take, them. Take credit. And I want to thank take you credit. for brewing yeah, we them, are Teresa. Good at, yeah. Oh, yeah, you should definitely not thank me for brewing good IPA, but Nonsense. like I can tell you the beer that I entered in GABF in this category is going to get its ass kicked by this beer. Oh, oh no. Okay, so we, we were at Ales for ALS, right? Uh-huh. And Brendan poured me Mo Diggity and I was like, God damn it. Good beer. It's oh, a great beer. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, we're, we're done. We're done for. So it. Well, <laughs> you put this in the West Coast Maybe they'll category. be gold and you'll be silver. So we put this into American IPA for JBF and Just American IPA, yeah. So if here's, here's what, can I tell you what I think the problem you're going to have? It's a problem you just mentioned yourself. That you're, uh, I, I think you might do great at JBF, by the way. If you don't. Don't stroke as you go. It's because of what you just said. You're not focused on bitterness right now. And if you close your eyes with this, this has that soft hop awesomeness that, by the way, it's going to win every people's choice. That's what people want right now. And it's why people like hazies. Hazies, unfortunately, have that very different mouthfeel, too, which, which I don't like. But they have the, the hop character of a beer like this. And unfortunately, that might be the thing that fucks you up. However, if that's the way a bunch of brewers are going this year in the category, like Mo Diggity and some of the others, you're going to do great. Does that make sense? It, it definitely might does. be the firm bitterness that bites you, but it also might stand out among, among a bunch of firm bitter beers. So I I didn't mention this to you er, earlier in the urinal, but um, <laughs> yeah, this is where we've had all our best chats. I really need to, put, I need to put microphones chats? there. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I'm. I don't know, man. Like, we Can really haven't had a chance square? to talk. And I, I just, I really appreciate anything you have to say because you've been around for so long and you've got all. Never mind. I'm not going to try to stroke that. He's going to get I'm sorry. sappy. Yeah, it's but, okay. Yeah, don't but, stroke but, it at the urinal. We, don't I, do that. And I know this is going to get out of the air, but so the IPA that we entered into World Beer Cup uh-huh. 
that made it to the final table. Oh, yeah. oh it did. Hell oh, yeah. I so love that. So that's why we felt like, oh, okay, we might be able to do this for mm-hmm. GABF. But everybody has been like, wow, you're entering these like big categories. Like, you think you're going to win? Yeah. And all I can think of is the Mighty Ducks. And <laughs> as much as that coach sucked, yeah. he had a great saying. It's not worth winning if you can't win big. There you go. I love it. Also, well, Brink. I want go you to big or sing that on your way to yeah. stage, and I'll be there uh, videoing it. You know. <laughs> Live yeah. tweeting. Right? Yeah. Well, if you're there yeah. videoing it, I hope you get my twerk, because it's going to look like She-Hulk, where I'm there with Megan yes. the Stallion just going. I'm oh, my the, God. I'm that's going to be your thing. It. Yes. It's not going to be the dropping of the trousers. It's going to be a twerk. Mm-hmm. Oh, I will definitely I not wait. drop my trousers. I'll be classy about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can't I mean, that, that, that move is taken, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. I will is be there not. in a disguise. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm <laughs> I can I can be classy and sexy at the same time. <laughs> I love that about you. <laughs> Thank you. True. True. No, not uh, arguing. No, it's a great IPA. It's tropical. It's 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 dry. It's light. Uh, it's it's kind of everything I want in a West Coast IPA. I, yeah. I definitely hope you do great. Thanks, dude. Yeah, that's really awesome. And and for me, I'm like a. I do like a firm bitterness, but I'm I'm getting weaker about that standard. It like, the less firm it, I'm finding myself that I like them even less firm. So I always say like. Like Blind Pig's my West Coast IPA. I love that beer. Right? And, if, and it's, it's the style that should be referenced. Uh, and it has that firm bitterness that, that we talk about with a traditional West Coast IPA. And even though I will always love that beer, I'm moving farther from that firmness. Not too far, but like this far. Like your beer far. That's how far I am from the firmness. So I would vote for this beer. I'm just, I just hope that uh, it's going to depend on who those judges are. If they're a bunch of Blind Pig fans... You're only in trouble for the firm bitterness, not because of the great IPA factor. So can I ask, being two people that are living in Northern California, how awesome is it that you guys have accessibility to Pliny? I mean, it's awesome. Every single time I set foot in this place, that is what I get. So it's the only permanent tap handle that we have at the Hot Grenade. Um, Before them, when we opened Chrissy, as you might remember, it was Heretic. But that's because, <laughs> yeah. not, not that the beer wasn't great, it was, but Jamil, he helped me build this There was one empire, tap line. Whatever. Like, uh, just always to for Jamil. Whatever yeah. he wanted to send, and, but we never, nobody else could get a permanent hap t- tap handle, even Russian River. We were like, nope, nope, nobody. Well, that's changed, because um, he pays my rent. <laughs> Like, that beer well, I also remember when that, that, that handle paid, tap number fifteen, ladies and gentlemen, pays the hop grenades rent. Back in the day, <laughs> I remember when Pliny first became on tap. I remember the first like SF Beer Week when it became on tap. Yeah, yeah, and and you know it tapped, and like fast forward a couple weeks, like yeah. Kevin was like, I just got an email from the Russian River guys. Turns out we handled it okay, so we're gonna keep. So yeah, oh, you like, mean like, the, uh, the the younger? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then like we fast forward, every like, year. Yeah. and I had like my favorite biker guys coming in as like regulars, like drinking yeah. Pliny, yeah, like normal Pliny. Yeah. And the fact that it's more accessible now is like has not done a dent. In no, their, like it's all still popular. We still like our. Um, I haven't changed it in a long time. I probably need to. But when you call the hot grenade, there's my voice telling you all the things. Oh, yeah, it's there. And I, the I staff, okay. The <laughs> staff asked me in like year two or three, could you just put in the message, yes, we have Pliny? Because 
nine out of ten phone calls that we have to answer at the bar are do you have Pliny? And okay, so I, I have think a story the, for you I too. think the message goes something like this. Hi, welcome to the hop you've reached the hop grenade. Yes, we have Pliny. <laughs> for the rest of the information that you need, and then it goes on and on and on. I, I clicked one and then I clicked zero and eventually yeah. zero. So for those us. who are listening, just click one click and zero. zero. Yeah, you no, get to not us. one. Not oh, it's one. just zero. What does one take zero. you? Uh, it was like does not understand hmm. the yeah probably no. used to be my number and I was like no I ain't answering <laughs> <that shit." laughs> trying, <laughs> trying to reach Kevin yeah. yeah yeah so when are we gonna do another uh, Russian River Cool Ship Room show oh never never <laughs> really we volunteers you didn't enjoy the didn't I tell you that it broke all my equipment after that oh uh, I what? believe it I believe it that show cost me twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Okay, yeah. well, I'll I'll yeah. ensure the show if we do it again. Well, yeah, we'll do was, we'll was, do another Russian River awesome. on location show, but Maybe, not in the cool ship. Just probably not in the cool ship. Yeah. <laughs> let me throw. Let me throw. There was like there. spa day of. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the session spa day. So the first show that I ever went to that was live was at Anchor. Mm. Oh, cool. Oh, that we did there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that that mm-hmm. was my first live show as far as like like yeah I had been working at Hop Grenade but. Being there, it was like, oh, they're doing it. Like, they, yeah. this is happening. And, like, we had free <laughs> beers because, like, it was in that tap room. Yeah. I mean, it was beautiful. Well, we will get the show back on the road once that allows. I think so. Hanakoa has some, like, radio-friendly vibes. Some space? Yeah, we can oh. definitely accommodate that. We have acoustic paneling. Yeah. We've oh, got... Man. <laughs> Yeah, the only problem is that my RV doesn't drive across the ocean yet. See, I'm I got sorry, a you're not chitty chitty bang bang. <laughs> sorry, yeah. uh, we can figure it out. I would love to go do some shows from there. Yeah, once I can get away from the hop grenade for periods of time, the idea was to go back to my plan to do more shows on the road. So that that'll probably happen. So yeah. one thing I really want to ask both of you: Where do you see beer going? Oh, mm. beer. Dying. Ooh, we went there. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's really Hello, darkness, <laughs> my old friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't have a good answer to that question. I, I really don't. If I'm honest, I can tell you that it's uh, it's changed more than I thought it did, um, and I'm now paying much more attention to that. Uh, but you know, craft beer is not going anywhere. It's just not. People can say all that they they want, but it's not going anywhere. Um, but the the amount of growth that we saw before, the younger crowds flocking to it like we did. I hope I can say we. I'm a little older than you, but no, um, you're there. You're there. Uh, you're good. The, those crowds are not gonna. They're they're never gonna be the same. And we're gonna have to figure out how to you know sort of main, maintain where we are. And people are trying all sorts of things to do that right right now. And some of them are working and some of them are gimmicks that won't last. Uh, slushy machines. Um, oh, you wanted um, to diss oh, on slushy very, machines? Your breath. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we, our, yeah. slush, our sales rep literally has an Instagram account that's Lord Slush Radamus. Okay, so. You're not supposed to tell anybody about that. That was supposed to be on the Well, table. as I say Follow. it, as I say it, it's on the table that the hop grenade might get a slushy machine. But I think it's a gimmick. I didn't say it doesn't sell beer. Actually, it doesn't sell beer. It sells slushies exactly. made from beer. <laughs> yeah, um, but I didn't say it's not on the table. Uh, these, but it's a gimmick, and it it may or may not last. I don't know. Sl- by the way, slushy machines have been in Portland bars for far longer than the rest of the world. So, uh, and so us th- in so, Hawaii, paying attention to California, we should actually 
Like, if we're going to look 20 years into the future, we should look at Portland, is what you're saying. I'm saying, <laughs> well, if you do, then we're all going to be strip clubs slash breweries if you if you look at Portland. <laughs> well, we can I go to a Star Wars one in San Francisco way? if you oh, want to go, I've man. I've wanting yeah. to go. The burlesque show. Oh, like, I'm down. Oh, no. Yeah, Melissa from The Good Hop was all about it. Like, you oh, and Chris should go. Dang. That's yeah. awesome. Heck yeah. Okay, we'll talk after. Well, let me just say that three out of, I've been to four breweries in the last 10 days. And this is anecdotal. Right, this isn't a statistic that's going to hold up everywhere, but of the four breweries I went to, three of them had slushy machines. All right, and I think w- what that means to me is that brewers are aware of the changing tastes and are looking uh, at ways to like bring in a new audience. So, like for me, here's why I would do it: not because I love slushies, <laughs> but we can only serve beer here, and for eight years we've had to say no to people. Uh, people who come in with their group and two of them don't drink beer. Hey, do you have anything but beer? Not really. Wine. We've got cider. Do you have wine? Mm-hmm. Nope. We can't, we're not allowed to serve wine. Do you, do you cocktails? Nope. Uh, and so we've been saying no for so long and we've been these beer purists. Well, now, honestly, I'm tired of saying no. I would love to be able to say to that extra guest in the group, I got something for you. I now have a seltzer that I can fruit for you in four different ways. What flavor do you like? Or I have a slushy machine. So... That's where I think beer is going right now. If you want to know where beer is really going, I already told you. Ask Garrett Marrero. <laughs> I think Garrett Marrero at Maui Brewing always knows where beer is going. If Garrett's, Garrett's listening to this, I hope you know that his uh, friend's axe throwing off of quads is the best idea I've ever seen. See? Also, Garrett, <laughs> he knows I just, everything. I just want to meet everything. Louis. I just want to meet Louis. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, my advice for you. So here's here's kind of the thing with Slushy. So we actually were really fortunate. We've got uh, a friend that's got a coffee shop that he was basically like, oh, you can borrow the slushy machine and do it. We haven't done anything with it because we have so much other things to do. But we but have also so we were scared many to pull the account- trigger. We, we, that and we have so many accounts that uh, we've seen where our beer is being poured that they have slushy machines. In yep. fact, when we did our employee party, they did a party <laughs> boy slushy. Oh, delicious. Oh, yeah, it, they made up it the water was with, with party boy dangerous. and then did tequila and it oh, was a margarita damn. party boy. It was bad. I walked up in it front of bad. the entire group of people and just basically was like, who it, wants tequila and who wants Fernet? And then uh, I just told everybody how great they were. We, yeah, no, Sounds Josh had many heart to hearts. It was, it was a great yeah. night. It was a great it was a night. Good time. Our employee party was I fun. Think, I hope everybody agrees. I think many heart to hearts is a future beer name for you guys. Many hearts to hearts. Many. Maybe a collab. Many heart to many. hearts. Hearts to hearts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's very 80s. I feel like it's Yeah, that. yeah. So I don't know. Beer's going in. Uh, beer's going like the rest of the world is going. Nobody fucking knows, uh, and it's going in weird ways. But it's not gone by any means. So well, okay, wait, okay. wait, wait, wait. One oh, thing oh, I really want to ask. Yeah. This is going to be a little bit of a harder question. Mm-hmm. I don't. If you guys don't want to talk about it, it's totally cool. But setting it up. Yeah. Where. <laughs> How do you think taste you would feel about where things are going? Oh. Mm. In in beer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good question. You know, tasty was about the culture of beer, right? And of course, he wouldn't call himself a beer snob, but He was he, a purist though. He was a, he was kind of a purist. But I think if he found 
nah, fuck it. He wouldn't be too happy about the uh, about the slushy and the other stuff. Because I was going to say, if he found that it was still uh, kind of exemplifying community and bringing people in and and being together and sharing, then he'd be then he wouldn't care whether it's a slushy or a seltzer or what. But I think we all know that. That's not really what's happening. A slushy's not like slushy's not bringing people together. You know, but, <laughs> but what if like, what if the slushy is simply on top of all the good community beer styles, the variety that you already have? Let me throw it back. You know, what if it's a slushy of Pale Thirty One? Oh God, how I dare know. you! How dare you! And I'm challenging back, man. Yeah, I don't know, but because well, you know, from be a down with you standpoint, yeah. first of all, I'll take forty-four ounces. Right? Exactly, I'll take a big gulp of which would be a pint. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it. Man, like, you made okay. the right move on that. Sorry. Sorry. So from a technical standpoint, making a slushy with a pale ale or an IPA is just going to turn off all the flavor and turn up all the bitterness. Yeah. Like right. You, and the aroma like is going to be gone. It's not going to be good. Yeah. To make a good or a slushy that becomes a slushy, it has to be sugary. It has to be all these things that like is not good for beer. Yeah. So. Well, so. Right. Let me let me bring it back to like full circle a little bit, at least for me in my journey. Mm-hmm. Like the way I knew Tasty was he wanted everybody to feel seen and he wanted everybody to feel heard, but also to give them a little bit of critique. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like if our beer, at least, or anybody's beer, was in a slush machine, he would still try it. Mm-hmm. He would still want to be there with it. And he would tell you, "Damn you for making this into a slushy." But yeah, like, but I, he would also I, ask, "Why are you doing it?" And the point yeah. is, he yeah. would be curious. Yes. The and if the answer thing- was, "We're doing this because people like it," it helps us make money and stay alive and do more of our altruistic things, then he would be He'd the be biggest fan your team. of your yeah. slushy machine. And he machine. would tell you how you can make a better slushy. Yeah, and that's exactly right. <laughs> that's actually a very <laughs> good point. He would tell you how you can make <laughs> a better totally slushy. Would. No, 100%. He really would. Yeah, 100%. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If the answer was right, then he'd tell you how to make a better slushy. And, and we yeah. could be altruistic with like, you know, yeah. what would Tasty do, but yeah. I just... You know, I gotta, I gotta just interject here, but the amount of time that you guys really got to be in the studio with that guy. Oh yeah, we we. I've been in, in four studios with that guy. Love it. No, we we left in 2017, and it was always a dream to come back to the studio and do something like that. And it was a dream to, to fly him many, out to our brewery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to, just to see that, like, yeah, all. All the fact that you guys got to have all that time and everything like that, and I think all of us have had an experience with that. That like, it's it's big. I mean, even you know, with being just a fucking head brewer at EJ and like asking him like, "Hey, what should I do for my session?" and him coming over and being like, "Hey, this is what I thought about it." You know, it it means a lot. And even you know, you Justin and you Teresa, like any of the crazy that you give anybody else from here on out, like. You guys should just know that anybody that comes through this studio, if if they ask you for something, it's because they really recognize that it's like, you know, this is all a part of the family. Hmm. Well, thank you for saying that. I do expect my next hand job to happen in the bathroom, though. Well. <laughs> From there. We are going to be at the urinals then. <laughs> no, I, I, I very much... 
I very much appreciate you saying that. And uh, look, Tasty will always be a fixture here. Uh, everybody knows that. I'm wearing a shirt right now. I, I saw that. Uh, and I saw that made that, me happy. Yeah. I remember when I saw a lady. Limited like, edition. I remember when I saw a lady wearing that Tasty shirt. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was at the GABF that he introduced me to Celeste and Brendan. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh. And, yeah, and yeah, that's where yeah. we coined the glory pour. <laughs> so whenever yeah. Celeste brings up glory pour, like that was that was us being like, oh my God, people are gonna still keep pouring for us if yeah. we like, yeah. you know, put our put yeah. our hands across like, I just also would like pour. recommendations on how I should proceed about the previous comment. <laughs> um, <laughs> as your wife, I would. That's why I'm asking for. Uh, as your wife, you need to call an Uber now. <laughs> Right. Or you know what you, you you just find another hotel room. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Now nah, we just go to hey, a room in the RV. You're fine. See what happens. <laughs> well, yeah, the RV's RV. here, so you parked it here. I gotta no, say, I'm I've also that. I've also never met Bevo. Oh yeah. Shut up, Bevo's the best. Yeah. No, I've never met Bevo. Wow. Bevo's awesome. Uh, was well, she she wasn't on the uh, Zoom uh, uh, podcast with you either? No. No. Was no. Just, it was JP and Teresa, and Teresa basically did it underneath a bunk bed. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was trying to. I was trying to remember. Either I was in the brewery, like on the brew deck, trying to hear. I'm you like, I can't hear. Bullet. That's what I remember. Nice. You're like, oh, silver bullet. I know what that's like. This is what it. Like. You put that in front of the camera. Yeah, yeah. yeah drinking my silver bullets. Yeah. Oh, it was a dark time. Like honestly, <laughs> I think it was I was. Fine. I was trying so, to remember what we even talked about. I was like, I don't even know. Like that time, I was like so. You you guys probably didn't know, but like oh no, I don't think I I don't think I formed solid memories for like months in there because I was just like that's everyone all the time. That's not just you, so, that's everyone. So yeah. I do want to ask, what are the? I know I asked like, where do you see beer? What do you want to see from beer that's going a, forward? Better question. Well, I okay, so I I've just been like. For my whole brewery's life, I've been trying to create my vision of what I want beer to be. And that's what I built my whole business on. And I just keep doing it and just hoping it will work. And what I want is to, for all of us to create all the beer styles we want, educate people as to what they are, and then just keep making good beer until people figure out who you are and then come to you. There you go. And we're coming up on six years and I feel like this has kind of worked for us. And when I say kind of, because we just got a slushy machine. Yes, <laughs> I mean, there's there's so many we make, we make seltzer that yeah. outsells almost everything in the brewery, Yeah, but it's like the least dirt bag seltzer I can make. We make a hazy IPA that outsells everything else, but we also make a Roush beer. Right. So the Roush beer, though, you gotta. That, if and you can win at Roush beer, you're I have. Winning I at have some beer. beers that I brought. I want you guys to. <gasps> oh, you can open. I, a, sorry, I it might be a three-hour show. It was sorry. a whole thing of like I tried giving you beers, and then you tried giving me beers, and frankly, those beers that I got from you. They did not leave Sacramento. They are still in Kyle McDonald's mom's fridge. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh no. Okay. Well, we so we can yeah. do it again. That's it's okay. Extending. Can but, we do an extended um, version? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, no. Really, really quick. But, but yeah, I, I, I guess I want to bring it back and just say, you know, I, I think having, having like, what you want to do, and then trying to just keep working towards that, and then ed- educating people as to what they need, but also. 
like being a good part of the community. That is something we've really worked hard to do. And I think that's super important too. So like, you know, people come for the community and they might learn something about beer or just, you know, drink our slushy, like whatever. Like we're, we're a community place. That's awesome, dude. Mm -hmm. Can I just say that I'm the only reason why I am somewhat relieved that Sean O'Sullivan isn't here for this uh, talk (laughs) is because when I was drunk talking to him at Faction, all I could talk to him about was supply chain logistics. Oh, God. Yeah. But he knows all about that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, did well, you hear he him for the he first hour? He like, didn't know about some of it because I. So just so people are aware, we're in Hawaii and we have no access to anything. So I keep up with what's called DW News. For any of you that are looking for European English speaking news outlets, that will tell you what's going on in Germany, mm-hmm. what's going on in the UK, Josh as far as all this stuff. Oh. It's bad. I've literally asked Brewer's Supply Group, like, do you have anything going through the Taiwan Strait? And Sean Phil has been like, well, what does that matter? And I've been like, because China's literally having war games. Yeah, <laughs> right. Because uh, that might stop. Yeah. Man. So all I want to say is it's been great to just literally break everything down with you guys and not have to worry about any of the things that I obsess over. <laughs> well, so we're like golf. You get out there and you think about nothing else. Don't bring it up. The... Don't bring it up. He didn't you get to go play golfing? golf. Oh, no. I would love to go golfing. No. I would have loved to do that yesterday. He, he didn't oh. get to play golf with Roger at Faction. Oh, I did. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You I know yesterday? You did. Yeah, bro. You stop, were yesterday? Stop Where were you? Stop what happened? I was at Toronado. Oh, well, that's not bad either. <laughs> oh, my God. Kyle, Next time. Thanks said, for bringing it up. was a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next time, you'll be fine. We'll golf. I'll go. Hey, we'll golf in Hawaii. How about that? Yeah, we can smack the shit out of balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, you two. That's it. We're now we're out of time. We did it. It's your fault. Well, it's more because you have <laughs> you got fans out there waiting for you. Have you noticed? You got, I'm excited. You got people waiting yeah. to have some beers with you. You've come a long way. So I'm going to let you get to that. Uh, but I do want to thank you for making the trek all this way. I know you did it just for this show, so that was really nice of you. Can I Can I really quick <laughs> you did, before... You but, didn't have five other events to go so, to. So <laughs> before we finish, can I tell you what Hanukkah means? Oh, yes. Gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. I meant to ask you this earlier. I'm so excited okay. about it. Yeah. Oh. It should be on the website, by the way, but... It's not necessarily, but I know it's not. I'm saying it should. Hanukkah roughly oh. translates to uh, continuously approving upon your craft. All right. Oh, I love that you can say that in two little words. So it's the very what I want to like okay. rain home with anybody that's listening, anybody that's looking to do anything in the brewing industry is that it's like the drive to do better is always going to be what makes us better. Mm-hmm. And we are only going to be as better as we are going to be because of our drive. I love this. We're going to be as better as a bee. Well, be even our English will get better if we practice enough. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah that was pretty <laughs> bad. The meeting is there. I've done it all night, man. You're fine. <laughs> I couldn't fart in the mic, but I just did. <laughs> Well, seriously, thank you both for being here. It's been a pleasure, um, and and I hope to have you back uh, when you come to town. Let us know. But I'd actually I'd rather come do a show with you. So um, come out, dude. You can come out to wait anytime you want. I Hell will yeah. put you up in a room. Like Hell you yeah. can do it. All right, we'll make that happen. 
we've got music going. Yep, that's our that's our get out of here music. So I just Frank Sinatra. I think that's you. our sign. Oh, that is when you get <laughs> 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 Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant by singing it in earlier. Well, what happened to that other band? You can go to uh, hanakoabrewing.com and learn more about everything we've talked about, including Shine a Light. Uh, you can check out their, uh, there's a beer blog on there. There's the menu where you can check out all the current beers. They put great descriptions. Um, so make sure you go to hanakoabrewing.com and see what they're up to. You can learn more about them. Uh, uh, thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for our, uh, to our sponsor, More Beer, of course, for everything that they do. And all of our other sponsors, including the 21st Amendment. We've been talking about Sean O'Sullivan Ooh, today. Shampoo. There you go. That's oh, for you, Sean. Sully. <laughs> all right, Teresa, we're out of here. Uh, I'll see you next time you're in the studio with us. Yeah, I'll see you soon, bud. Thanks for being here. Anytime. I know we're going to have a Teresa Pasuti Crooked Lane beer on tap next week for our Oktoberfest week. So if you want to try, yeah, <laughs> if you want to try a good Oktoberfest, come on down and try Teresa's. Thanks for hanging out with us. I'm Justin Crosley. This is the session. Take care of yourselves and your beer. The Session is a production of The Brewing Network and brought to you by More Beer. Check them out at morebeer.com. Find more content and live video of this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brewingnetwork. For sponsorship opportunities and information, please reach out to advertising at thebrewingnetwork.com. To reach our hosts, contact feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com.